But it's one thing I love more than getting my pitch over the plate. And that is getting over this plate in Casa Ole. It's like a fiesta in Casa Ole. Casa Ole, fresh today, every day. You get a free child's play, we use ticket stuff from any Astros game. Casa Ole, fresh today, Ole, every day. Casa Ole, Ole! Hello? Hello. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on? It's James. What's up, brother? We were just joking about how, like, I have a weird Nashville number, and we're gonna try to pretend like I'm a debt collector. Hang on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna merge Pat. Okay. All right, are we good? Good. Pat. All right. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's great. Well, it works. That's that's different for us. We deserve one good show where stuff works. That's <laughs> true. One show. So true. One show. So just so y'all know, I, I hit record and I can edit out whatever I need to. But I just want—I didn't want to like get twenty minutes into it and think, "Oh crap, I should have hit record twenty minutes ago." So, no, we're good, man. We're good. All right. Let's roll. Let's do it. Okay. So uh, he's Pat. I'm James. We're with our our very best friend, uh, Astros stud, legend. World Series champion Lance McCullers Jr. Lance, how you doing? I like the I like the ring of that. It's all I like true. the way it sounds. It's, it, no, it's all true. That's yeah, the right. thing. That's awesome. So, how you been? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm down in Florida for uh, for for Christmas time. I think I may have the flu. Not sure. Um, other than that, everything's everything's good. <laughs> other than having the flu at Christmas, like maybe or maybe not. It hasn't been confirmed yet. Other other than other than that, Mrs. Kennedy, how'd you how'd you like Dallas? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So, uh, Pat, you want to start this off? You want me to? Uh, you have all the official questions. Mine are all, mine are all terrible. No. I, that, okay. That's that's probably true. <laughs> Um, all right. So, so I'm just curious, uh, let's start off, let's start off with you. How are you feeling? Like, where are you in your process of recovering and, and healing and, and whatnot? So like, what's, what's next for you? What's your next milestone? Well, for me, I mean, first of all, I'm I'm doing well. Uh, the surgery, uh, went extremely well. Um, Elatrosh was really happy with how everything went. I, I had to get some bone spurs and some scar tissue taken out of the back of my elbow as well. So now that all that's cleared up and, um, my rehab has been mainly focused on getting the extension in my, in my arm back, which I've already exceeded, um, my extension pre-surgery and also even seasons in the past, which is a great sign. And, uh, it's getting my grip strength back now. We're starting to do some shoulder stuff. So, um, I've hit my six week mark. I don't have to wear my brace anymore, which, which is nice. I don't have to um, try to hide it with the clothes that I wear. I always try to wear dark colors so I, so I would hide the brace. I don't like the way it looks, but um, it's, rehab start picking up here, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, right after spring training, right about April time, it'll be it'll be time for me to start throwing. So when when did you when did you know? And, and you've probably answered this question a hundred times, but just to just to make sure we got it covered, like, when did you know like something something's something's not right. Like what, what, what was the point where we were like, well, this is probably not good. This is not normal post-start soreness. Like wh- wh- when did you know something was up? Well, I mean, I, 
I, I came out the middle game uh, in LA against LA. I think I came out after the fourth, maybe. I was going back out to pitch the fifth, and um, it was just I was having this. It, it's a very it's it's very weird to kind of describe, but it just feels like your forearm right around that UCL area just like got sucked up, and it feels like it's like vacuum yeah. of like tightness um, and a little bit of pain and, and it, you can't really straighten your arm out that type of stuff. So got taken out of that game. We were hopeful at first. It made us be some forearm stuff. Um, then I got the news about midway through um, August toward the end of August. that I definitely was going to gonna need Tommy John surgery. So my, my options at that point were just get it immediately um, or I had options to try and rehab and try to come back and pitch out of the bullpen for us. And that's what I did. I, I, I chose that route. I felt like it was important for me to to see it through with, with, with the guys. I've you know I've had to put too much time and too much effort into that season uh, just to give it just to call it quits right there. So uh, you know ended up by being able to come back and contribute. And I definitely don't have any regrets about that. So that I mean that's crazy that that you knew like you were going to be missing a significant amount of time and still pitched. For it, that was mid-August. For another two months, like that—that's that's straight up. That that's like hero crap right there. Like I like I mean, and I, I've I've heard the story about okay, you know, you can you can throw an inning, but but that second inning you come out like you're gonna it's it's gonna bark at you and and it's gonna be brutal. I mean, that that's just that's crazy to me. And I'm I'm a wuss, so every, pretty much any feat of strength is crazy to me. Uh, but, but like, I mean, it was just, uh, like, we're just going to let this roll and knowing that I'm going to miss all of next season, let's see what we can do this year. Is that, was that the mindset? Sorry to, sorry to interject on your long verbose question. Sure. Was that, was that your yeah, call, or was that the team was like, shoulders up, okay, go ahead. Or no, just like, no, that was actually, doing uh, this, team on my back, you know what I mean? That was actually, most people, most people, um, I'm going to call in, in my camp. So my agent, my family, my wife, um, and even the team a little bit was, was very hesitant with, with me pitching still, uh, knowing that, that I had, um, the issue, but, um, we also knew that throughout the rehab process when I was rehabbing in August and then halfway in September, there's a lot of milestones I was going to need to hit along the way in order for, um, everyone to feel comfortable with the process. So, you know, velo and being able to bounce back and, and all this stuff was going to be a big factor. And was I going to be able to keep pitching? So at, at no point were, was anyone really putting me at, at risk or, or was the team trying to take advantage of me? Um, this is probably one of the better, you know, it was a very unique situation, but I think that everyone handled it really well. But yeah, it was more about, you know, as, as, as an athlete, as someone who, um, you know, I really, Really, my main one of my main goals being on the team is just to let my teammates know that whenever I'm out there, whenever I have the ball, man, I'm I'm, I'm willing to do anything for them. And this was just kind of part of that. I wanted them to know that it wasn't about me; it was about trying to um, set out for another world title. And I felt like whatever role I could play, um, whatever, however small or that big it was, I would do that role the best I could do. And I would do it better than the next guy that that they were, would rely on. You know, I've been there, I'd done that, I'd, I'd helped the team win a World Series before, and I thought I could go through it. And uh, it got tough there at the end. And the Boston Series is really tough uh, to pitch, but um, like I said, I got no regrets, and I'm super happy that I, I was able to go out there and compete with my guys. Absolutely, and I say this in with with a little bit of jest, 
But was there any peer pressure given the rest of that clubhouse? You got Altuve on one leg. You got Correa with a hurt back. Was there, was there any peer pressure? Like, I better keep up with these guys. I'm just going to go ahead and play through mine as well. No, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Um, you, know, I, I, you know, a lot of guys are playing with a lot. Um, you know, unfortunately, the, the injury that I have uh, is just going <laughs> to take a lot longer to, to come back from. You know, Altuve had knee surgery. Right when the season was over, everyone else kind of just needed some some basic rehab. But unfortunately, you know, w- w- the type of injury and, and what I do is, is, is going to take a long time. But um, that's just kind of part of the culture we have, man. That, that's kind of part of the, the the thing that made that makes us special is that we're willing to sacrifice a lot for the guys next to us. And I don't know if you find that a lot in, in pro sports. And I think that's why we ended up by winning the, the World Series in 2017. And I think that's why we made it back to ALCS, um, even how with how beat up we were. Um, it's because, you know, guys come in the field on a daily basis and are willing to sacrifice uh, potentially years and back into their career because um, we love everybody in the clubhouse. So I've got I've – got- one more very serious question, then I'll turn it over to Pat, and I've got some more serious questions later to kind of rein Pat in a little bit. Um, I can't wait. Serious <laughs> questions. Do, do, does the normal fan or the average fan, and I, I would include like Pat and I in this, do, do we have any, any idea what it took for, for you, for Altuve, for Correa to actually physically get up for a game? You know, especially especially in the playoffs. I mean, Cleveland, you know, joke franchise. Uh, but, I mean, just knowing what knowing what we know now as far as what what guys were, were dealing with injury-wise, what was, what was it like to watch Altuve get ready for a game? What was it like to watch Correa get ready for a game? What was it like for you to get ready for a game? Do we have any idea just how much went into – Getting up and and being ready to go at seven ten p.m. or twelve thirty p.m. as the case m- might have been more often. Yeah, I mean, yeah, really, it, no, I, I don't think people. I know that's like one of the biggest misunderstandings I think in sports. I mean, even me growing up playing in high school and, and kind of playing even in my couple years in the minors. You know, before the miles started really kind of racking up, is the, the things that you know guys deal with, things that guys play through and play throughout these crazy high levels. It's like. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's just crazy. I mean, the, the things that I've seen guys pitch through the, the, you know, kind of the, the balls that I've seen guys go out there and not really have two legs to stand on, but, but they're out there getting everything they have. Um, like I said, it's, it's just part of the culture we have. And I think that's rare to find a bunch of guys like that, especially at, at the highest level. And uh, a lot of times when, you know, people are, are playing well or, or, or people are, you know, not to their standard. I, I kind of have a, a weird line about that, right? It's like, well, I don't. I'm not using this as a crutch because I, if I'm going to decide to put a uniform on, if I'm going to decide to go out there. I, I got the form, but at the same time, um, especially in the playoffs, I mean, you're really just you're really just getting it through at that point. You're really just running on e. So, um, you know, that, that's that's where you're in the respect of your teammates. That that's that's when you know when when you leave this game and the next generation of ball players is there and. Um, we meet up for our reunion and uh, the 2025 year World Series reunion. That's what people are going to remember, man. They're going to remember guys getting through it and, and, and putting everything on the line for each other. So um, I don't think anyone has quite an understanding or really anywhere close of, of, of what a lot of the guys go through. But um, I, think that's a gen- I think that's just a general thing in sports. I, I No, I think that's – I mean, I, I – I stay up until like I mean because I, I I'm a I'm a high school teacher and 
and it's finals week and, and I'll be up until like one thirty or two o'clock in the morning and, and I'll, I'll like poop weird for the next three days. Cause I'm just not used to staying up that late. Like I can't imagine <laughs> like what, like what y'all, what y'all have to go through as far as travel and like the physical demands. And, and if you have, if you have an, an inning or two, that's rough and, You've got some dude with a bunch of numbers in their Twitter handle, like getting all up in your mentions. Like I, I would, I would not be able to stand for that. Like I would, I'd be suspended more often than than I would yeah, play. That, that, yeah, that's why I sometimes like clap back at guys or I'll defend my teammates stuff on Twitter because you know, like in, in seventeen when I had my back problem and I was pitching through my back, like it, it got so bad to the point where like in the mornings I to get up I'd have to roll out of bed and then lay with my feet up on the bed from the ground for like 20 minutes just to try to like take the lower like just take the lower pressure off my back just so I could like stand up and um I was having sciatic pain it was going it was going from my back to my heels and I was just dealing with a lot of stuff and you know it comes across in, in, in the report as, as back soreness so you think on your twitter I'm like, are, are you freaking kidding me like your back sore you can't pinch yeah. you know the sexual references are going on um so like, sometimes you, you clap back or, you know, you try to stick up for, for your teammates. Cause I, it's just no one really knows what's going on and, and knowing what, what a lot of people pitch through. But um, I found myself doing the same thing, man. I'm playing fantasy football and I'm like, damn, like, I can't go to game, you know, <laughs> or like whatever. And it's like, I'm like, Lance, you know, like, like two months ago, you couldn't believe we got bed that well. So, you know, <laughs> give the guy, give the guy play a football break. All right, Pat, All right, go for it. with the injury yeah. Are you got any more medical questions? And I actually yes, but I'm gonna I'm gonna step aside and let you let you <laughs> let you do some things. All right, then let's go for let's go from injury to nostalgia. First off, I want to thank you, Lance, for the World Series championship. Yes, it meant everything to me. Yes, and uh, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Seriously, thank you. So, what I want to ask you is, was it everything that you dreamed that would be growing up when you're playing in the Sandlot and you're playing through Little League and Pony League and all that? Was it everything that you hoped it would be? Yes, 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 and, yes and no. Because, like, you know, I went, I went to a pretty good judge, a pretty good school, a Jesuit high school. We made the states three out of four years I was there. We lost in championship game every single time, and then Damn. I started winning. These, I started winning these championships in the minor leagues, and. Um, you know, it, it wasn't the same. It, it was fun. It, it was cool, but it wasn't the same. The big leagues, and you literally in one season, I really accomplished everything I'd ever set out to accomplish. I made an All Star team, and I won a World Series. Right. And in in the moment, like I I I, I just it, I for me it was just like champagne, right? But then you start looking back on it, and you start hearing stories, and you start talking with people and you're seeing like how much, you know, it, it, it meant to them, like on like a much more personal level. And for me, like, that's the coolest part. Um, I, I'll, the whole, out of the whole thing, I, I probably remember the parade the best. Um, I just remember seeing the people and seeing the joy and, and hearing about people after Harvey literally sitting in a house with no furniture, but they had a TV on the floor and, and, and they were watching our game. So it was more than I really initially thought because of the, impact I felt that winning that World Series had on the city of Houston. Right, yeah, I could, I could imagine that because I was sitting there watching Game 7 and I had champagne in both hands. I was ready to literally riot. <laughs> I was just like, this is the moment. I'm going, that's going to, it's going to be a wild frenzy. The second it happened, I, I had to like sit down. I was like, man, I got to call my dad. I was like, this is, this is wow. a big deal. Like, I didn't feel like it all hit me at one time. And I'm like, I need to riot. 
I definitely need to drink this champagne, but also I need to cry and call my family members because this was a big deal to us. So, uh, man, thank you again. I mean, that was incredible what you did in the in Game Seven and the, the curveballs and embarrassing the Yankees. Uh, just everything that you've done, man. It's we, thank you from the bottom of my heart. It's it's a big deal to us. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of follow that up because I, I want to ask you about the curveballs here in a second, but. I, I was gonna ask Pat just so you could know like what it meant to him. Like I, <clears throat> I was on my couch, and and I live about three and a half hours, kind of northwest of of Houston, and I was watching okay, it. Okay. And, uh, and and as soon as as soon as the you live in Dallas, no, fuck no. What are you, are you kidding? <laughs> what, is this, what is this insult? Insult time time? No. Can you prove that? You yeah, can. Hours northwest, like in that exact direction. All right, I, all right. I live in Waco. All right, so fine. I try not to. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say something political <laughs> that's going to get me fired, uh, and I try not to let people know. But I was I was sitting on my couch, and the ground ball went to Altuve and to Guriel, and and the next thing I knew, I was four blocks away, barefoot, and like screaming in the middle of the street. And nobody called the cops, which for my neighborhood is is sort of rare. And that's when I was like, oh, okay, white pr- white privilege is a thing. And you, I would have I would have called. <laughs> I would have. <laughs> so, I would have called the cops and so you put adult running to the neighborhood here or there. And I, and I don't know. I know my next door neighbor is like an ex marine, but also an Astros fan. So maybe he like calmed everybody down. But but you just have to know that that we absolutely lost our crap and and are still. Like the other night, I watched Game Five highlights, and like it's it's such a, it's such a monumental thing uh, for for us as fans and for people that watch and follow the team as closely as we do. Like, like seriously, thank you. That was that was absolutely amazing. And it's some Rangers fan, because uh, I I live closer to Dallas than I do to to Houston, uh, and I deal with. Yeah, Closer to Dallas. Yeah, no, and and but this is sort of Rangers territory, and and one student was like, was like, hey, when'd you win the World Series? I was like, last year. He's like, oh, it was two years ago. And I was like, he's like, way to live in the past, buddy. And I was like, bitch, you won't stop talking about 2010 and 11. So, so right. who's who's living in the past now? And like, I yeah, I felt bad about that for calling him a bitch, but. He, he is. No, you flex on everybody. That's your right as a champion. You get to flex on people. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right. Why, that's why I wear my ring on my neck all the time. So, I mean... Do you wear, do you wear it on your, on your neck all the time? Oh, yeah, a lot. That's awesome. I that's would wear really it to awesome. H-E-B. See, really cool. I, I would wear that ring constantly. Yeah, I, mean, I can't really wear it on my fingers because I, I, like I broke a lot of my knuckles growing up, so, like, the... Back, like the bottom, like closer to like my actual hand of my fingers. I, like my knuckles too big, so I had to get like a bigger size. So I threw on a necklace, man. I, I wear all the time. Wear to basketball games when I go, football games, all over the place. That's good because that's something that doesn't deserve to be in a vault, at least for a certain period of time. I, I understand that they're valuable and you're not going to wear it forever, but you got you got to wear it for, for a period of time. I feel like especially that ring. That ring is one of the coolest rings I've seen. Yeah, it's a good one. All right, Pat, keep going. More, more oh, silliness. Awesome. I love it. Well, that wasn't silliness. I was asking him about the World Series if it would meant everything. That was not a silly question at no, all. No, no, it was, it was good. It was good. I want, I want to talk more about BAPIP. I want to talk more about advanced analytics. <laughs> <laughs> let's, talk, let's, talk, 
<laughs> I have some spin I'm all, I'm all about the, the, the winds. I want to know about slugging plus. I want to know about all the advanced analytics algorithms. <laughs> if that, if the NASA guy that went to Baltimore is that stuff I want to talk about. Yeah. All right. So, so all right. Here's one. Here's one. So, uh, if cool, so, your you're throwing the the what was it twenty six twenty four curveballs in a row to the Yankees. Yeah. All right. Was that the the equivalent of having a test, a, a true or false test, where every question is is C is B, where you're like where the, you're just thinking like the next guy's thinking there's no oh, way he's going to throw another curveball. Like is is that how that went? It definitely, it definitely got to that point. Right. It definitely <laughs> got to the point where like they're on deck and like okay curveball curveball curveball. Okay, well my first is going to be a fastball here. Yeah. You know, or, or, or it's going to be a fastball. Uh, this, this was gonna be a fastball. Um, but fun, funny story about that. It, I think I, I I ended the seventh inning by striking out um, Starling Castro. I think, okay. um, or whatever whatever it was, and I kind of like landed awkwardly, and I kind of like jammed my hip a little bit. Um, and so the next inning, I came out and I start throwing fastballs and warmups, and I'm like, man, this is this is bothering me. Like, this doesn't feel that great. And so I think I walked the first batter of that inning. And then the next batter, I went after another fastball for a ball. And McCann came out and talked to me. He's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Like, my hip. Like, I landed awkwardly on it. He was like, all right, let's sneak it up right here. You know, see, see if it's any better. I threw a curveball. And I didn't feel anything. And so from that point on, I told myself, I'm like, well, I'm just throwing a curveball. First game. <laughs> That's it. That's all I'm throwing. That's incredible. So, um, yeah, man. I, I think it just was one of those things where, like, the game was ending. They could kind of feel it slipping away. They had to have been thinking, well, he's got to throw a fastball. He's got to throw a fastball. He's got to throw a fastball. And then, like, that was just like, one of the nights where, like, my curveball was, like, really on that night. And it was it was one of those where I was in the zone, super late, and then, and then out of the zone uh, by the time that they were swinging. So um, it just worked out, man. It's awesome. Sorry, I'm trying to I'm trying to reconnect. Sorry for the dead air. God dang. You're good. You're good. You're good. All right. So so, I mean, there, there's been a, a noticeable change with with pitching and Brent Strom. Like, what does Brent Strom mean to the Astros? What does he mean for you guys as pitchers? Like, like what's his Hall of Fame case? Well, like for me, um, so my my dad pitched in the '80s, right? And it's 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 full old school. You know what I mean? Like, it, everything's old school. Like, oh, it's three and one, and the guy fouls off the ball, but he swings really hard. It's like, next one's at his head. It's like, well, then you walk him. <laughs> and it's just how it is. You know, it's like guys sliding to second base, 30 feet past second base. They, they, they're going to get drilled. We're going to fight, all that stuff. Just very old school type baseball. Um, that's, that's, that's the area my dad came from, and that's how I grew up. I grew up with a very old school mindset of pitching and a very old school mindset of uh, you know, kind of like defending defending your players and, and all this stuff. And when I was with the Astros in minor leagues, and they started introducing analytics, and I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "This is this is pretty good stuff here." But I always felt like you couldn't, and especially in today's game, like you can't be too far on one side or too like you can't be super super old school. Like you can't be goose gossip old school, whereas I like, get on the radio and cussing everybody out, <laughs> and you can't be like only analytical like i just look at the computer for all my answers like 
there's got to be a blend, right? That's always been my thought on it. It's like that's Strami. Because Strami comes from an era where he pitched back in the 60s and 70s. And I think maybe even before, I'm not sure. And, <laughs> and <laughs> here's a guy who was a crafty lefty and pitched at the big leagues and comes back to baseball now and is fully bought in on these analytics, but he, he still he still draws from his past experiences. He still understands what it's like to be in a game and, 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 and to have to make adjustments on the fly. He still understands the importance of feel for, for, for the game and the importance of relying on the catcher and all that type of stuff. So that's why I think Strami is a rare breed because you see guys now getting pitching coaching jobs and hitting coaching jobs, and they're strictly analytical guys. And it's like those guys don't speak well to the players. They don't relay their information well to the players. But Strami was a player. Yeah. But he also loves analytics. So you get a guy who knows how to converse, who has to speak on our level and, 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 and break down things where we're like, yeah, let's go, man. Like like that, like that's like what we're going to go with. But he also knows how to tell us and, and expose us to all these analytical you know, advances we have. And it gets guys to buy in a lot easier. Pat, are you, are you connected yet? Does that make sense? No, that's all. That that's great. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm I'm just listening. I'm I'm in awe <laughs> of, of, of all the of all the information. Well, I want to talk about war and BABIP and you know pitch sequencing and whatnot, but I'm trying to break it up. So, well, I don't have any zany questions. I, I just think I think I think I think feel is a is a and gut. It's something that can't be quantified, and that's something that that Hinch seems to have as well. That that's something that you can't you can't really uh, you know you can't find out on a computer through an app. Right. I mean, you, you, like you know, AJ is a big league catcher. You know, he played in big leagues for a number of years, and he, he was a catcher. I mean, if you're a big league catcher, you have a good feel for the game. Right. You, Sometimes you the guys some, do. Sometimes the up? guy is like, you got a feel. There's a, just a feel. I don't know. That's not saying. Know you know, like it. like. You know, you can. That's what I was saying about the whole. Like, you, I don't feel like you can be totally analytical or totally old. You have to have a blend. You have to understand more. You know, more facets of the game than just what a computer says. Or you have to understand more now than what just an eye test will tell you. So, and that's the advantage that we have. You have AJ, and you have Strami, you have all these other guys on our staff and players that understand that they buy in but they also have feel they have feel you know that we, we call feel they have feel for the game they have feel for the locker room they they have feel with how guys blend with each other so um that that's the way to do it man it, it's, it's to find people who are who are smart who have played the game and who have a passion for analytics now but also will always fall back on on their own experiences when when they play sure so how how hard is it to uh to see Beltron go to the Yankees when uh, or how how let me, let me rephrase this how how important was Beltron in the 2017 year as a as a mentor and as a player a contributing member of the team yeah well um, and then to see him go there and not be I, I was sure he was gonna come back here and be like a, a either a bench coach or something I, I I'm, I'm hurt personally <laughs> really yeah no I mean um, I mean. Beltron, Beltron, in the best way, he's he's, he's he's like Mr. New York, you know what I mean? Like, he played course, for yeah. the Mets forever. I think when he played for the Yankees was like the highlight of his career, other than probably winning the World Series. 
Uh, he lives there too. Great, he lives there. His kids go to school there. Oh, I get his place there. You know, so it it, it, it lines up, man. It, it works out for him. He, he he interviewed for the head coaching job before they gave it to Boone. So, um, no, he I was know that. Huge help. I especially think some of the young Latin guys. I think Altuve. I think Correa. Um, Marwin, you know, that was, that was his biggest career year. Um, really with just, you know, like I said, you know, things beyond what a TV can, what, what, what a computer screen can tell you. It just, a, a lot of, a lot of feel for, for the game, a lot of knowledge he's picked up over the years. And, you know, when you have someone, you know, for me, like for me, you know, being, a, I, I grew up and I, I watched Brian McCann play and I'm all about Brian McCann. So he's, when he's our catcher, when he's my catcher, you know, I really look up to him and I really take, you know, what he says as gospel. So I think that was the same thing as these guys. I think they were taking what Beltran was saying as gospel and that really helped a lot of these guys mature and, and kind of take step fours that, that you saw all these guys take um, that season. I mean, most of these guys had their career years that year. I simply think because Beltran was around and, and, and they felt like, um, you know, this guy was really helping them and, and, they were ready to roll, kind of like I think McCann helped a lot of the guys in, in our locker room as well. So, so who do you, I mean? You know, some some fairly key members from the 2017 team are have moved on or or in the process of. I mean, and of course they could come back, but between, and I'm not going to ask you to to break any news here, but I mean, like Morton, <laughs> Charlie Morton, CFM has gone yep. to Tampa. McCann's gone yep. to Atlanta, which makes sense. Um, you know, Keichel and, and Marwin, you know, are, are exploring free agency. Like, who uh, of those guys, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to ask, ask you who is the most integral, but like, who are you going to miss the most? Well, well I'm, I'm going to miss different guys. Uh, the most for different reasons, you know. I'm gonna miss. I'll probably miss. I'll probably overall I'll probably miss Dallas the most, just because um, I've known him the longest. We're probably have become the closest. Uh, you know, he, he helped me with a lot of things. Um, my, my first couple years in the big leagues, I worked out with him three off seasons in a row. Lived with him in spring training for two or three years. So um, he's just he, he was more of like a, like like a big brother figure to me. Yeah, uh, my whole time with the Astros. So that's gonna be pretty pretty tough. Um, person for me to replace. Uh, you know, Charlie was kind of like, kind of like that really cool, <laughs> um, nice uncle yeah. that like you, you could just like go and talk to and just like whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether you're pissed about something, he's never judging and he just kind of listens and he's be like, you know, pal, I I hear what you're saying, you know, I, I feel you. That that, that I, that's tough. You know, that's tough. So you're gonna you know, miss him, you know his his kind of understanding and and just willing to be the best guy he can. And then McCann, I mean, this dude is just he's an all time guy. He he's just the was one of the big big glue pieces for us in the locker room. Um, and then I'm I'm gonna miss Marvin too, and and, and Sip, and it, it, all these guys make up what I've known pretty much my whole Astros career. Yeah. Um, uh, so you know it's it, it's gonna be hard not walking. Um, into the locker room every day and, and seeing these guys. So I had I had kind of a running joke on Twitter about about Charlie Morton about how he's like the nicest guy ever. 
He is. And and like how like he was at the All Star game, but like when the home run derby was going on and Bregman was was popping off for for home run after home basically line drive home run after line drive home run. Like Morton, uh, you saw the Astros like jumping around and getting getting hype and whatnot. But Morton was not there, and I I joked that like it's because he was helped cleaning up like a spill on the mezzanine. Like he seems like he the, probably was. He was probably handing out <laughs> like free cotton candy to all the kids, like a three hundred level. <laughs> he seems like the nicest guy in the world, and I'm 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 seriously, I I'm gonna miss that guy so much just because he's so he just seems so understated, but. But something happened where he was so good at his job for for two years, and good for him for getting the deal that he wanted, and a deal that would set him up for you know generations, I guess. But I mean, man, I'm I'm gonna miss that guy. Yeah, so, so, you know what? Something draws you to him when 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 you're. You know, it was funny. The first time I ever saw him, I was working out, and I heard you know on on Twitter or whatever that we were signing Charlie Morton, but I never seen him before. And he walked in the weight room with AJ, and I swear, I swear to you, this is no knock on anyone. But I thought he was a he was a new analytical hire. <laughs> I did, like I just I just did. I was like this guy. Like, I was like, and these guys gonna be a badass guy. They're like, it's Troy Moore, like like our new starter. And I was like, oh okay. And I talked to him, and then I, I saw him go live in spring training, and I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> Like I'm gonna get sent down. <laughs> I, 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 I gotta put a light up after this guy. I may as well just go to five. It's so funny because I was—I mean, and, and like my, my dumb cursed website. Like I've been at it for for a little over ten years, and when the Astros signed Charlie Morton, like it was—it was a pretty slow day. Like I didn't write anything about. Charlie Morton signing with the Astros. I mean, like, I was like, did. oh, okay. Nobody did. Yeah, nobody I, did. I, it just, and then all of a sudden he's throwing like 99, 98, and I'm, I'm like, holy crap, like, I missed the yeah. boat on this. Yeah, no, I, 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 I can't. Go ahead. My holy shit was him playing Ray La Montaigne on the acoustic guitar and singing. <laughs> that shit, uh, that threw me. <laughs> it, it wasn't the pitching, it wasn't his demeanor, his quiet confidence. It was him playing acoustic guitar and singing. Americana music. But I was like, okay, of course, Charlie. Of course, he sings and plays guitar. Why? Why wouldn't he? But it was just one of a kind. Awesome. I'm telling you that he's one of a kind. Ah, man, I love that and guy. You know, any player that's on the that was on the 2017 roster, and even extended roster, when they leave, it's gonna it's gonna hurt all of us. I, I think everybody on that on that team has a special place in in all of our hearts forever. For sure. So yeah, it's gonna be I mean, tough. I, I, think it, I think it's tough for them, you know. I, I think I think it's on some level, those guys want to stay. You know what I mean? But uh, this is how this is how baseball is, man. It's tough because you know they ask you to you know be you know befriend these guys and create relationships and 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 go to battle with these guys um, day in and day out and travel and you know Charlie and I would go eat every single road trip. If you know, if my wife wasn't there, his wife was there. We would get up early. We, we would find a breakfast spot. We'd go eat. Call, call McHugh and I. He's probably gone after this year. Um, you know, Colin was like the first guy to invite me when I first debuted um, on a Sunday day game. He, like invited me over to his house that night and um, gave me like a chance to really like it, it, you know get to know the guys better and learn the cookout. And I don't know, man. It's, it's going to be tough. It, it, it's hard to see these guys leave. That's part of the game. And but it's unfortunate, you know, because. You know, on some level, these guys want to stay, but you know, for all this, that has to do what they have to do, man. And uh, it's crazy to think that 
Um, you know, unfortunately, like I won't pitch this year, but I, I, I really only have two more years in an Astros uniform pitching. We're terrifying. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna no, we're gonna go fund me. We're gonna take everybody's money that donated to the wall and pay you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> so, um, let, 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 it, let, it keep, let it keep building, though. Let, let it keep building. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah, we'll <laughs> let it. We'll get up in the tens of millions. We got you. We got you. Yeah, no, it's all, it's all on. All right, so Lance, what the fuck is Fortnite? <laughs> Come on, man. You know what Fortnite is. I don't. I really, I know what it is. I went, <laughs> okay, so here, let me... Let me let me let me start by saying that I went into one of the one of your streams. Very entertaining, okay. but I, this was the first time as an adult that I had no idea what the hell was going on. Okay, I well, basically, basically, I'll bring it down real quick. I'll bring it down real quick. Fortnite is the first cross-platform, which meaning like PS4 can play with Xbox, Xbox play with PS4, PS4. Um, uh, PC, PC console, battle royale mode that has been has been created. You know, everything's basically online for shooter games where you can play with a couple of your friends, but they have to be all from um, the same console. The only before that was all PC. You know, PUBG started out on PC. That was like battle royale mode on PC, and then Fortnite basically like ripped off the idea of. Um, PUBG uh, dumbed down the graphics a ton because they couldn't. You can't support. Uh, they couldn't right. support that kind of graphics on on the console servers. And then, bang bang, you have Fortnite, the most like trans transforming game um, ever. Okay, and, and so you're you're killing it right now with the streams. Is, is that something that you you found a passion for with? You gotta get bored in the off season with something. I, I get bored sitting still. I, I, I have to be producing something. So for those Twitch streams, is that something that you really enjoy doing? Yeah, it is. Do. It is. I mean, it, I enjoy it. I, I think you know, it gives it gives fans like another little kind of side of me. Um, not super serious on there. <laughs> You're Unless a I human. die from, in some bullshit way, they get pissed. But uh, you know, I'm 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 pretty chill on there. I try to answer a lot of their questions. I, I try to bring on Carlos plays with me all the time. I try to get Bregman on there. Um, I'm hoping to get Springer and Reddick and I have Marizic on there. So, you know, some, some, some more sides, some more sides to us. I also did like, uh, 12 giveaways for Christmas where I gave away, you know, uh, signed baseballs, gaming's cleats, tickets for next year, all this kind of stuff. So it's just kind of bringing, bringing, bringing the fans that really rock with me, um, you know, kind of, kind of closer and, and, and more personal. All right, that, that makes that makes very sense to me. I, I like the gaming culture. I, the, the one time that I clicked in and was really just paying attention, all the all the people in the chat were, were super chill. And I don't know if they were gamers, if they were fans, but everybody seemed, it seemed to be a different. Yeah, man, I got a good chat. I got, sometimes a lot of chats can get pretty toxic, but I got a, I got a really good chat. Um, you know, I, I got I got I would say on average I probably have around a hundred and. 25 130 viewers um sometimes it spikes you know like the other night uh we did a giveaway stream we had like 300 something in there um you know they were just they were just there for the free giveaways um you know but i have like a really solid like 150 people i'll say 
that flow in and out of my, um, in, in and out of my chat on a nightly basis is when I play, and they're just all chill, man. And they're 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 good dudes in there, and uh, good dudes and gals in there, and it makes it fun. So so there's like, I mean, for me personally, like there's there are three things I cannot do if I want to stay employed or married uh, or with a with a home. Like I can't I can't play video games. I can't drink bourbon and I can't uh, bet on sports because I mean it, and it, like for like I get to play video games like once and, and I say I get to like my wife is like hamstringing me but like I will I will play video games one, basically one night a year and it's when I go to my dad's house in Sugarland and he's got a PS4 and I'll play Call of Duty but I won't play it online because like I'm not I'm not very good and and I the last thing I need on the one night that I have to like shoot Nazis is is to have some like 13 year old from Kentucky cussing me out and like I just don't I just don't understand and, and and it's because I'm bad, and that's what it is. But but I just, most likely, most likely. Yeah, no, I'm terrible. It's because like, you're bad. I don't find too many people lining up to do things all the time that they suck at. <laughs> God, I can't wait to die every game. <laughs> I can't wait for. It's a proper universe. I can't wait for. Own, if you, if you suck, don't come back until you're better. On my stream, we call you ass money. Yes, I love it. But I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spend the one night I have per year to shoot Nazis getting called an ass clown from like Jethro from Bowling Green, like I, that or Poland. That's no, not. No. That's not what I'm gonna do. I yeah. I think that I tried to play Madden. I got the new Madden for the first time in a few years. I used to play growing up all the time. Apparently, you have to read defenses now. I got beat like 55 to nothing by this guy. He was. <laughs> it was just. It was. It was very embarrassing. Like you have to learn, you have to actually know offenses, defenses, which I somewhat do, but I had no idea that Madden was this intricate. I was like, I can't like, doing hot routes and all this shit. I was like, what is this? Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't play a ton of a ton of sport, a ton of sports games, um, but I, I pretty much stick to like like first person shooters. Cool, that's good. You should get a trench coat too. <laughs> a trench coat. <laughs> Terrible joke. It's terrible joke. Let's move on from that. Bad joke. Bad joke. Bad joke. Bad joke. Bad joke. Bad joke. It's not good. Probably was. <coughs> oh man. All right. Uh, James, help me out here. This is not- <laughs> I'm laughing too hard. I can't. Um. Okay. So. Uh. No, I've got nothing. That that was. I'm I'm laughing too hard. Um. No, I'm, I'm, I, it's all it's all you for. <laughs> it's all no, you. For I, the I, next. You, can't, you, can't, you can't do that to me. That's terrible. Um, <laughs> what else I got? Okay, so can you teach Lance? Can you teach me how to wear? You're wearing these cool ass glasses lately, and I really fuck with it. I really do. Can you teach me how to wear cool glasses? No, I really, I really do. This is not. This is not. I'm not being uh, facetious in any way. Like I really fuck with it. Like teach me how to wear these glasses because I, I really, do, I like it. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you. The, I'll give you the secret. Okay. Are you, are you ready? I am ready. You gotta first. You gotta buy the glasses. Okay. You gotta buy the glasses. You gotta put them on your face. You gotta put them on. I knew it. And then, and then you, and then you just rock them. That's it. 
But you're, you're killing it right now. You're killing it. I, I fuck with the glasses. Your whole style, your aesthetic is is, is really good. I'm, I'm a style guy myself, being the best podcast. Of course, my speaker doesn't work. That dang Bluetooth. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm messing with it. I like it. Ever, even, what about the, uh, so how was the Travis Scott Astroworld? How did you feel that was? That was awesome, man. I thought it was awesome. That was cool how they, how they did, uh, how they did two stages that way, you know, kind of try to get, get multiple acts in. Um, I thought it, I thought it was sweet, man. People coming out from all over the place. Everyone seemed really excited. He's coming back, uh, I think, in February uh, to do uh, like one of his regular shows at um, at Toyota Center. But he's killing it. He's killing it for sure. What are you uh, What are you listening to right now? What are your What are your uh, What are the albums that you're playing right now? What are you fucking with? Oh man! Well, right now, I know it's tough, but just to narrow it down, like, no, it's okay. what, what do you play lately? Well, I have I have a whole playlist on Spotify that I play on my stream. So there's like all I have like 200 songs there that I play. I need I need to trim that down. But I've been listening to a lot of uh, the Metro, the Metro Booba new album okay, uh, that, that he dropped. I, I like a lot of those on there. I think it's always cool when when big time producers and beat makers and stuff they 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 drop um, albums like that. Uh, so I've listened to a lot of his, a lot of that, and then I've listened to some of uh, some of Takeoff songs from from, from his album. I cannot wait. Actually, it may have, it may have dropped already. The Twenty One Savage album uh, was a drop tonight, actually. Um, so I'm I'm super excited for that. I love. I'm a big fan of Twenty One Savage. Uh, I have listened to. I have listened. I have not listened to Kodak's new stuff. I, I what about like the Meek. Like, what about the I Meek? I like ZZ. Oh, Meek Mill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I rock with Meek. The, the new Meek is, is what's in, that's in my rotation right now, the new Meek. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely rocked it. I mean, I've been rocking Meek for forever, since like, since mixtape days, since like, hey, I would download God, there's somebody else. Like that. Good, I was trying to explain to people, like, when the, when him and Drake were, were beefing, and I was like, uh, y'all, 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 Meek isn't the, I don't know where they, people got off thinking that Meek is like this, like, whack rapper. I was like, Meek, is, Meek Mill is no joke. No, he was just taking some L's for a little while. That was all. But no, me, well, back me, back, he's back, got some bro. He's a legend. Absolutely. Good. All right, real recognized, real. This, that was the hip-hop hour on Lima Time Time. James, you can take it back to baseball. <laughs> I got nothing. Um, I, I still like Jay-Z, so uh, that's cool. Well, yeah, Hope is a legend. Hope is always a legend. You can't, you can't go wrong with Hope. So, okay, so have you heard the Grey album? I have the gray as like Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, it, I mean, for some it may be. Uh, so it's it's Danger Mouse. Are you so Danger Mouse? Uh, My guy. I have no idea who Danger Mouse is. Okay. All right. So so Danger Mouse <laughs> is a uh, Danger Mouse. He's a producer, but but he remixed the the lyrics from. Uh, how do I explain this, Pat? The, it's a mashup. It's the Black Album and it's the Beatles White Album yeah. mashed up together. It's Jay, it's Jay Z's Black Album with the instrumentals okay. mashed up with the the no. It's the lyrics from from Jay Z's Black Album mashed up with uh, the instrumentals from the Beatles White Album, and it's yeah, incredible. It's absolutely phenomenal. And I'll check I'll check it out then. So yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of mashups with Jay Z. There's one with Coldplay. The Viva La Hova is one of my favorite mashups. It's too. pretty it's good, yeah, yeah. But maybe we're just old and mashups are really lame. And like, he's like, "What the fuck is this?" No, I play. No, they call it. I think they, well, like, they, I think they call it like sampling now. 
Yeah, no, I think you're right. No, like I Meek play- Mill's album had a ton of like samples from like a bunch of different songs, even old songs. Right, right, right. I have no idea. I don't know. I'm not trying to keep up. I'm just, I'm just a kid trying to stay alive. You know what I mean? <laughs> I played uh, Rosa Parks by Outkast for my for my U.S. history students, and and they and were fired they, immediately. No, no, their their minds were blown. Like we're closer now. Uh, because of it, so like there, your students have never probably even heard of Outcast. No, I mean it, it's it's from when I was like coming up, and and they're like wait, and and I played them bombs over Baghdad, and yeah, yeah, they're they're like losing their minds. I'm like, this, no, this is like 20 years old. Like, what's what's wrong? Yeah, with that? playing roses yet? No, not yet. That'll that'll come later in the year. Yeah, but see, but Outcast is transcendent. Like, that's a different kind of. They've been they've been like ahead of their they're time. Kind of timeless, they you know. They're, they're, when we were listening to it, they was like, "This is kind of weird. I don't understand it yet." But then they've been ahead. But they're an absolute legends. So that's a good that's a good thing to use to to kind of like bridge the gap between generations. That's what that's what, what ASAP Rocky always says. He says his music's not understood yet. Oh, I like it. I love it. I like it too. All right, do you got any do you got any baseball questions to to wrap this up so we can get. We can get you to bed, and so you can rest because you're you're jet sitting around the world. You're. We appreciate you doing this late, by the way, Lance. I, I did. I went from. Really I went from. We keep you on this. The last like five days, I was Houston to Miami, to Miami to New York, New York to LA, LA, LA to Houston, Houston to Tampa. Damn. That's too much. Like that's the travel flu. Like if you have. That's why I'm sick. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I got the. I got. I got. I got the Bettis from. from <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, no, I'm I'm done with baseball questions. We're all we're all good here. We we covered a lot of ground. I, I feel good about it. Okay, well here then here then, then here let's go back to let's go back to game seven. What about your RBI in game seven? Oh of the shit! World yeah. Series? How does that like rate? the most that's unappreciated, gotta be the, that's gotta most be the unappreciated RBI of all time? Yes. Oh, it's, I I think it's the most iconic game seven hit maybe ever because in game six there was a man on third with one out. And our we we had a punchy in the nine hole, and they walked Springer, and then and then <laughs> they faced Breggy, and then I got the, I, I got the RBI, so they had to pitch Springer and he hit a bomb. Yeah. Do you know? Fun fact. Do you know that Springer when I hit in the lineup and I hit the nine hole and get on base, Springer's four for four with two with two homers, I think a double and a single. And like a ton of RBIs. Just saying. Yeah. 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 You're. Yeah. You're a legend for that. I mean, it's. Yeah, that's all there is to say. You're a legend. <laughs> what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? You'll. You'll never buy a drink around me. I, I got you. I got you. Uh, I got. You, I got you covered. No real talk. It is what it is. We uh. Too much legendary we, shit, but I can't. I can't. I can't not buy a drink for. Me, uh, Verlander, Keuchel, and Brian Miller to eat the other night, and um, someone in the restaurant was kind enough to, to pick up the taps for us. Nah, I, that, no, that, and, that's, and that's how it should be. That's that, absolutely that how cool. it should be. I didn't yes. eat too because Verlander was going to be paying, so they, but they, they they did. It was cool. Well, I mean, I'm not saying I'm picking up dinner for everybody, but let's just say like, but like, you know, like <laughs> I'll pull you aside and be like, man, sorry, I got you. Like, <laughs> I don't want to disrespect the other guys, but like, I got you covered. But so if you can somehow weasel this out, but anyway, let's move on from that. So, so is is Kate Upton cool? Yes, yeah, she is. Super chill, like super chill. 
Well, I mean, she, I mean, she, she's a legend, and 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 maybe, maybe, as famous, if not more famous than than her husband. Uh, I think I think even I think even JV would probably agree she's definitely more famous. <laughs> well, she, yeah, she has some attributes that. The general. Don't say attributes. Well, I'm, not attributes. Getting, I'm not getting into that. I'm just going to be talking don't about, about attributes ever again on the show. I will cancel this podcast. So if I don't see <laughs> attributes ever again, I'm not getting into that. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, fuck. Cool. No, come on, man. Like, she's super, no, she's super chill, and she's definitely more well, world well known than, than JV. How, how in the actual hell did I turn into the misogynist out of this podcast? Like, no. I, I don't, I'm no, not standing for this. Attributes wasn't the best fucking word. Like, that's not, that's not great. Okay, uh, I know, okay. I know that you can cut that out if you want. No, I'm not cutting no, it I out. Leave, I want to leave it in just so people know <laughs> who the weird creep is for, for just future notice. Jeez, <laughs> attributes. That's making me so uncomfortable. I no, 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 no. Oh. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump off a building. All right. So anyway, so I think, I think the, the funniest thing was Garrett Cole was used to. Garrett Cole is hilarious, by the way. He is. By far one of the funniest people ever. But he would uh, he always talked about Verlander drinking his Bud Lights. That when he had a bad start, he would go chug his Bud Lights before he had to do his interviews. And uh, <laughs> that's all I just want to talk about. I just thought it was hilarious that, that Verlander would but to drink Bud Lights. He's probably in the Ferrari drinking Bud Lights. <laughs> I, just thought it, I, just, I just thought it was hilarious. I, I don't really know how many bad starts either of those dudes had this year. So if anyone was drinking the Bud Lights, it was me a couple times. <laughs> I just like I just like that Verlander was drinking Bud Light. Like that was his go-to. Like I'm gonna go to a Bud Light. Like that's just that's just a normal dude. Like didn't have it. I'm I'm gonna go. <laughs> Drink my butt, my beer, my normal go-to beer, and I'm coming back, and I'll handle my fucking my stuff. But I just thought that was hilarious <laughs> that it was Bud Light. I just that's that's good stuff. <laughs> that's that's the, all I got. Yeah. All right. Well, I've been right. sh- I've been we, shamed we can, into silence. We can wrap this up. Yeah. No, we need to stop this before everybody. Yeah, before hates. you say something else that's misogynist or, or, or insensitive to, to women. Uh, Lance, you're a legend, Pat. I will absolutely kill you. Well. <laughs> Well, which attribute would you use to kill me? I I, I want to know. Mm, okay, okay, it's in the, it's Lance, in the diary. Thank you so much for doing this, man. I, I know no, you've you been, you're, you're, you've been worn thin and you're stretched, and I we we really do appreciate it. We're glad we could get it done. And, uh, of course, man. Of course, guys. It was a good time. I appreciate you guys. No, it's fun. Thank you, All right, my man. All right, guys. Have a good one. All right, you too. Get some rest. All right, man. See you. All right. But one thing I love more: to getting my pitch over the plate. And that is getting over this play in Casa Ole. It's like a fiesta in Casa Ole. Casa Ole, fresh today, every day. You get a free child's play with your sticker stuff from any Astros game. Casa Ole, fresh today, every day.